0: Hey there church family, it is always a joy to bring the Word of God. I love the opportunity to bring the Word of God right into your homes. And I believe that God is doing great things among us. If you've been encouraged and if you've been blessed, I'd love to hear from you. We read every single message, every single email you send. But this morning, I want to talk about two passages of Scripture, just a small passage of Scripture in the Bible. But it was actually a book that I read. I read a book when I was 18, a small tiny book on prayer. And that book literally changed the way I pray, and uh, that book highlighted a a chapter or or a verse that I probably would have missed, and it's from First Chronicles. Now, uh, I want to warn you that the book of First Chronicles is not what you want to read when you wake up first thing in the morning, uh, because it feels like a random bunch of names put together. It looks like a Birth, marriage, wedding registry uh, that you 've smuggled from queensland uh, health or something like that uh, but but for example i'll read first chronicles chapter four verse six that 's really not where we need to go it 's few scriptures few scriptures down, but I read from verse six, it says, Nara bore him ahuzam, hefar, Tamani, and haha Shatri. I was always wondering who haha shatri 's dad was. <laughs> These were the descendants of Nara. Good on you, Nara. Now, now, now the reason why the book of First Chronicles was written is written by a guy called Ezra. And Ezra was involved in the rebuilding of the temple. And the reason why, you might, if you've ever read the Bible and you read all these names and stuff like that, obviously there's many factors of chron- chronological linkages and stuff like that. But one of the reasons why they did was because Uh, The stories and the miracles that the Israelites were sharing were so powerful that there was rumors that they could be myths or made up stories. And so every now and then scholars and teachers and scribes would come along and write down names and the names were evidences pointing to the story. So when they would make references to a mountain and there was a name there or a family or a clan or a tribe, and the primary reason why Ezra wrote the book of First Chronicles was because when he wrote it, David was no more the king. David's family, David's descendants were no more the kings of Israel. They'd sort of all lost their power and all that sort of stuff. And he was trying to point back to the tribe of Judah, which we know is quite powerful because one day Jesus is going to come back. One day Jesus was going to come through that tribe and he's from that tribe. And so pointing back to David. So the next verse is it says, the sons of HeLa, Zeret, Zohar, Ethan, and Koz, who was the father of Anub, Hazabiba, Biba, of the clans of Aharil, son of Harum. Very, very good information. But now we've got verse, I've just read verse uh, 6, verse 7, verse 8, but check out what verse 9 says. So we have in this, what I'm trying to say is, you know, this one gave birth to that one, that one gave birth to that one, and then verse 9, it changes courses. Verse 9 goes something like this. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers his mother had named him Jabez saying I gave birth to him in pain verse 10 and Jabez cried out to the Lord of Israel and he said oh that you would bless me and enlarge my territory let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain and then you know what it says and God granted his request and he was blessed and then you know what it's almost like Ezra goes back into, and this one gave birth to that, and that one gave birth to that. It's almost like he was, he was, he was on the job, filling the registry of who signed in and who signed out, and all of a sudden gets caught up in a trance, and he needs to point this, in. and imagine, it's almost like, imagine you're reading a form on ancestry.com, and then, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to interrupt this moment and put you an ad in front of you. That's true what it feels like. But for, for Ezra to stop what he was doing, and to point and reference this one person now nowhere else in the bible do we read about jabez yeah. and 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 if, the, if he hadn't done that we would never we would not have this moment we would have never heard about this thing but this grabbed my attention calls for the for the writer to stop doing what he was doing and to give us that much detail about jabez we've got to pause and observe now, we do not know the finer details of Jabez, but we can make a few assumptions. So the first thing we understand is the name Jabez means pain. And the Bible says that when he was born, his, number, his mother called him Jabez because she birthed him in pain. Now, I know that all childbirth is painful. And back in those days, there was no epidurals or there was no happy gas or any of that sort of stuff. It was all natural. Uh, you know, you, you just goes, and, and it's still painful. I've been, I've, uh, I'm not sure if I to use the word privilege, but I've had the opportunity or the exposure to be at the birthing moments of both our children. And can I just say the first one was quite scary. Uh, it was actually, I think it was 14 hours of labor and it was pretty, pretty, it was not, it was scary. I'll leave it at that. Now, I don't think Javess's mom named him pain because her childbirth was painful. I think she would have known that childbirth is painful. I think it's a known fact that childbirth is painful and there's a sense of expectation. Also, I don't, think she, I don't think her mom was not the kind that said, I don't want a baby. I think in Jewish culture to have a baby was a sign of God's blessing. So she would have embraced being conceived and found with a child i do wonder how this child was first conceived i do wonder if perhaps she was she maybe she was raped maybe maybe you know the dad of this child was not someone who's going to support the child we did not know the context but for whatever reason from the time maybe she had this boy in her womb she began to just sort of say i don't want this child i don't like this child this child reminds me of that bad moment this child reminds me of that bad decision this child reminds me of being at the wrong place at the wrong time and so jabez comes forth and he's called pain and so from the time he was born everybody calls him pain. Hey, pain hey mr pain hey mr pain hey master pain he goes to kindy and prep master pain and eventually he graduates to mr pain and and here's my thing, can you imagine all your life being referred to as being the source of pain and being called pain all your life? And for whatever reason, Jabez grew up, this was not in a time when there were significant miracles happening, but he heard about the miracles God had done, the parting of the Red Sea, the multiplication of food, all sorts of things. And Jabez began to say, oh, that you would bless me oh that you would extend my territory or oh, that your hand would be upon me or oh, that i would not cause harm so that i would be free from pain and the bible says "And god blessed him." i want to spend the rest of our time this morning extracting his prayer because i believe there's a model that we can learn from and how to pray here's my first thought the first thing we notice in his prayer is he prayed an audacious prayer jabez did not say god uh, i know you've seen my childhood and i know that You've seen that nobody really likes me and i know you've seen my last name and my surname and he just starts with oh that you would bless me now if you were to just read that alone without understanding the context of it you would think that jabez just came from a prosperity conference but can i say this is by by no means a prosperity style prayer this was not a bless me so i can show off this is not bless me so that i can impress this was bless me so i can survive Literally, God, all my life, all I've felt is pain. All I've seen is pain. I've been called pain. People have already uh, assumed that I'm I'm a pain. and, and, And because of that, in fact, this is, in my opinion, this was a prayer of repentance. This was literally saying, yes, I am a source of pain, but I want to turn away from being a pain. But I cannot turn away unless you grace me and unless you bless me. Sounds a bit like salvation, doesn't it? We can't do this on our own. Oh, that you would bless me. And, and, and I, want, I want to encourage us because I think a lot of times as, as followers of Jesus, we struggle to pray audacious prayers. We make apologies. A one request for blessing is added by 10 formats and 10 forms of disclaimers because of this and because of this and I know I'm not worthy of this and the, but I want to give us I want to I want to challenge us during this time to pray audacious prayers the disciples themselves prayed audacious, audacious prayers in Acts chapter 4 it says in verse 29 they, they were challenged and they were threatened and it says Lord look at the threats of these people and now let us speak your with word with great boldness and then the disciples literally say stretch your hands and use us for healing I think that's a bit arrogant like God Use me. I want to heal people. I want to prophesy people. That's what they prayed. In other words, they were praying audacious prayer because they knew that they could not spread the gospel without the hand of God on their lives, without the blessing of God on their life. In this season, I want to encourage you to pray audacious prayers. The second thing we notice in this prayer is, Oh, that you would bless me. Then he says, Oh, that you would extend and enlarge my territory. Here's my second thought. He believed big. He believed big. Now, we're being isolated. We're in a time of isolation. We're in a time of being limited. But, in, but don't let our physical limitation come in the way of our emotional and our intellectual and our spiritual thinking. We need to keep thinking big. We need to keep believing big. And, and, and Jabez, what he was saying was, he was saying, I need you to extend my influence. I need you to give me favor. Perhaps, I do not know, I do not know, maybe he had a business. And he was saying, God, even my, my business cards, are, everyone's throwing it in the bin because it starts with pain, you know. Uh, pain, pain, pain jobs, you know what I'm saying, pain plumbings, you know. Like, like, enlarge my network. He was saying, let's put favor upon me. Now, here's the thing. I, don't, I could spend all day talking about this, but he says enlarge my territories. Jewish scholars say, when he said that prayer, what he was saying was, back in the day, they did not always live in homes, they lived in tents. And their houses, the way their tents were designed was they were, they were, they were pegged down. And what Jabez was saying was that he was saying, I want you to take out the nail of my tent and I want you to stretch out my tent and stamp it or s- stab it into new ground. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying. No one can pray that unless they know their limitations. He knew his limitations and so he knew what he was asking for. Here's my question. Do you know your limitations? And here's my second thought with that. Have you utilized what God has given you within your limitation? A bless me prayer is not for someone who is just sitting on what God has given them. But a bless me prayer is for someone that's already... Expounded and expanded and utilized everything that God has already entrusted them with. And what he was saying was, God, I've utilized the territory. I've utilized the territory that you've given me with this name. With this much pain, I've produced this. Now can you take my produce and extend it? Are you with me? So in this season, don't just say, oh, bless me, God. Bless me, God. No, no, no. What you got to be asking is, what are my limitations? Have I capitalized on my limitations? And now that I've capitalized my limitations, I actually know where my territories lie and say, God, I know you've given me influence here, but I'm praying for more influence god i know i know you've given me this much and i've been faithful i know you have given me one talent and i've made it two i know you give me five and i've made it ten i know you given me two i've made it four god i want you to enlarge my territories i want i want i've been faithful with this territory now i want you to enlarge if you're watching one great way you can you can be an extension of enlarging this territory if you're on church on zoom I want to put a challenge out there. Is there a neighbor? Is there a friend? Is there a family member that needs to be a part of enlarging your church on Zoom? That group that you're a part of, your little circle, your FaceTime group, whatever format you're using in reaching out to people, could, could there be one person that you got to be praying? This is not just about me. This is also about souls. He was saying, God, I want you to bless me so I can reach more people for your glory. Give me and show me people that I can reach for your glory. I want to take a moment to highlight one beautiful lady in our church, uh, her name is Angela. I affectionately call her Sister Singapore. And, and I actually heard about uh, Angela years ago. I actually heard about her, her faith. And I know Angela, you might be watching this and now the whole world's gonna know your story. But, but I, I remember hearing about her years ago about this little beautiful sister from Singapore who had a notebook, who still has a notebook, who writes in all the people that she's believing to be saved. I heard about her seven years ago and I said God I one day would love to meet this lady I'd love for her to pray for me that's all today I get the honor to pastor her she's 84 years old and she is like a holy ghost bomb going into shopping centers after shopping centers just winning the loss at any cost and can I say God blesses that when you're faithful with one if you have a page full of names that you're saying I want to bless this person God's gonna give you another name and another page and another name and another family and I want us to be people that are saying God extend my territory the third thing he says is he says is all that your hand would be upon me he's what he's my third point he recognized the need for the presence of God he recognized the need for the presence of God see he did not say all that your hand would touch me or that your hand would bless me he says your hand shall be upon me see a lot of Christians want the hand of God when they're in trouble Jesus take the wheel he was saying he was saying you hold on to my wheels you are driving the scar. I, I don't need your hand to save me out of trouble. I want your hand all, in other words, he was saying, I don't want you to just bless me, I want you to walk with me. I want your hands upon my life. When people shake my hands, I want them to feel your hands. When people come in contact with me, I want them to sense the presence of God, oh, that your hand would be upon me. Here's what I'm trying, here's what I'm trying to say. When I interact, when I wake up, when I'm with my family, when I'm with my kids, when I hold my kids, when I carry my kids, when I hug my wife, when I shake hands with people, I don't want them to feel my hands I want them to feel your hands or that your hand would be upon me in fact David says your rod and your staff they comfort me your hands comfort me Isaiah 66 verse 2 it says for my hand made all things this is God speaking for my hands made all things thus all these things came into being declares the Lord here's what I'm trying to say Jabez was audacious enough to ask the hands that created the sun, the moon, the stars upon his life. And here's what I'm trying to say, that same hands can be on yours. That same, you have an invitation to pray this way, to say, I need those hands upon my life. And here's the last one, it says, and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And this is a brilliant one, he was self-aware. He was self-aware. He was very aware of God, but he was also self-aware of himself. He said, God, bless me. God, expand my territory. Let your hand be upon me. And by the way, God, while you're at it, keep me from harm. Yeah. Because I know anything I touch, it messes up. That's why I need your hands to touch it before I touch it. Yeah. Any person, he was self-aware. Jabez was self-aware and he was aware of his weaknesses. He was aware of his sin. He was aware of his curses. He was aware of his struggles. And he was saying, don't just bless me and protect me. But he was saying, keep me. Now, he's the crazy part. What did he say? He says, Keep me from pain. What was his name? He was saying, keep me from me. The, be- the biggest prayers you can pray is God, save me from me. Save me from Alwyn. Save me from me. Don't say, oh God, the world is bad. The world is wicked. No, 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 no. God bless me. Extend my territory. But God, I need help. Save me from me, save me from what's going on in my thought life, save me from what's going on in my head, save me from And here's what I'm trying to say. When you first read this prayer, you see it as a very self-seeking prayer, but you'll begin to see it as a very humble prayer. I wanna encourage us. I want us to change the way we pray. I believe God wants to interrupt our prayer lives and God wants us to change the way we pray. We wanna pray with audacious prayers. We're gonna pray with a big mindset that says, oh, that you would expand, oh, that you'd enlarge my territories. Oh, that you would show me more people outside of my comfort zone that are in need. Oh, that your hand would be upon me, not just once, not just twice, but all the days of my life. Let your hand, your rod and your staff, let them comfort me. Let them lead me. Let your hand be upon me. And God, while we are at it, while you're doing all these miracles around the world, save me from me. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray this for us. I'm going to pray this over our church. I'm going to pray this over church on Zoom, that that's exactly what God is going to do. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead that's over this video that's here in this room we declare that into every person watching into every home and this is what I'm praying I'm praying audacious for for our people I'm saying oh that you would bless our people oh that you would bless your church oh that you'd bless each and every person watching in fact if you're able to lay your hands on that screen oh that you would bless each and every person watching oh that you'll bless them so much that they know that it's only by your mercy and by your grace that they've been blessed oh that you would expand our territory expand our mind expand our emotions expand our hearts, expand our homes, expand our territories, give us faithfulness in the territory that you've given us or that you'd expand our territories but also God while you're at it or that your hand would be upon me in other words or that your presence will be in every home will be in every marriage will be in every financial situation your presence will be there in every decision we make and finally God that you will protect us not just from the evil one that you would protect us from us we give you all the glory in your most precious name we pray amen 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 Hey, thank you so much for watching. I believe that God's done a powerful work uh, over this teaching. I believe that the way you're going to pray is going to change this week. I want you to write to us. I want you to let us know what is changing in your world. We're believing for miracles in your life. In Jesus' name, amen.